we still have to mm-hmm. like take those faith steps on water and because we're doing it on somebody else's behalf, you know, on the generations to come on, on our peers that have not felt empowered to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of mantle and having that on your life and knowing that that's kind of like um, the position that you are in at this time, it, it's, it's scary, but it's like, I really Fine. have no choice. Yeah. So that's where the empowering part comes in. It's, Star Radio. Hello, hello, everyone out there. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Estat Radio Podcast. Uh, this episode is, is super special to me because I get to interview two of the most dynamic women I have ever met. And uh, they go by the name of Janelle McCoy and Sharona Osborne, and they are the hosts of Behind the Stage. And I'm super excited to interview these women because in the spirit of, you know, melanin magic, um, I love this episode because we're able to celebrate women. We're able to celebrate, uh, you know, each other and what we are working on. So you guys make sure you enjoy this episode. Uh, I know you definitely will. And just tune in. Let's get it. I'm Janelle McCoy, half of Behind the Stage podcast. I'm also a wardrobe stylist for film and television and a visual display artist for luxury retail brands. I also do workshop facilitating for youth and adults, overcoming learning differences, and um, I teach people how to dress for success and how to overcome certain obstacles in their lives. Was that um, at 23, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. And um, before that, before my diagnosis, um, I failed failed college about four to five times. And um, yeah, it was definitely a struggle in school, whether it be elementary school or even high school. And um, at 23 years old, I decided to walk into a guidance counselor's office at George Brown College and um, explain to her my issues with learning. And thankful, thankfully, because of OSAP and um, <laughs> just this, this great guidance counselor, she managed to get a psychologist to come in and test me. And I was able to get tested for for free because, like I said, I was on OSAP and that was um, that was available for me. And um, yeah, after my diagnosis, things became a lot more clearer and I received the tools to help me. And from there, I graduated and then I got an internship in New York City at BET Television Networks. So I was there for about a year and um, came back and really pushed my um, <clears throat> film and television wardrobe world. So I got into the film and television industry in Toronto and then decided to get into the world of visual merchandising or visual display. So I basically dress mannequins for a living and um, worked for some of the biggest um, retailers in Canada, some of the biggest brands around the world. And now I work for myself where I'm able to work for not just clothing retailers, but also get into grocery merchandising, um, flower merchandising, um, and um, really push my workshop. I now have added another thing to my plate, which is I'm 
I actually do fashion segments on City Line. So that's actually going to be happening soon. So super excited for that, where I can really push that fashion side of me and um, really be out there and show that somebody like myself who has a learning difference or just went through certain obstacles can really, um, can really make it. And especially being a black woman in not just fashion and entertainment, but just in any industry that, um, Things like this can happen for us. So yeah, Absolutely. that's my story. Dope. Um, hey y'all, I'm Sharona Osborne, the other half of Behind the Stage podcast. Um, I am an actress, writer, and producer. Uh, I have a production company here in Toronto called Crossfield House Productions. And I am also a costume buyer for the film and uh, television union here in Toronto. And um, yeah, that's basically me. <laughs> <laughs> Clear and concise. <laughs> okay, ladies. So I just wanted to get started. We briefly heard your journey, uh, Janiel and Sharona. I just wanted to kind of start with what does it look like for, you know, two black women as, as even opposed to like a one man team type of thing? Uh, what does it look like for you guys to conceive a idea, brand the idea and just put it into fruition, uh, you know, facing the obstacles as we do as black women in the film and entertainment industry and as well as the fashion industry? How does that feel and what does it look like when you're creating something? Um, I think for me in creating, um, and as a black woman, I think going into anything really, I think going in with just the sort of permission that you first have to give yourself, um, that's always the place that I personally start at. Um, and just knowing that whether anybody else believes in this or not, I'm going to do this because I believe in it. And that has kind of have, have to be, that has had to be the energy in which I've decided to take on any project. Mm -hmm. Even in my working um, for the film union where I'm being hired by various TV shows and, and films to do their buying or, or any sort of thing like that, it's like, I know going into that environment, even though I'm unionized, all that kind of stuff, there's going to be like extra eyes on me and people, you know, still figuring out if I'm capable or whatever. So I think like that journey of creating, whether it be um, collaboratively or for yourself, you really have to start by like giving yourself permission to right. not only coexist, but to take up space and own space in whatever field you're in, you know? And particularly as a black woman, we know that there are additional, you know, layers of adversity pointing to us and all that kind of stuff. So we have to be extra on point and we have to be extra knowledgeable about our craft and we have to be um, extra pliable and able to pivot and, and that sort of thing when, when necessary. Okay. And when you're, when you're creating, do you find yourself 
having to kind of um, lock yourself away in, in some sort of peaceful atmosphere? Or do you find yourself working in a team and kind of bouncing ideas off of folks or people closest to you as the best way for you to create? Um, it depends on what I'm creating. So as a writer, um, like I said, I have a production company that I write with as well. Um, so we have a writing team where we do get together and bounce ideas and it's a vibe and we dream out loud and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm also an only child. So like being alone <laughs> and doing my own thing and sitting at my desk for the whole day and just listening to music and vibing is, is not foreign to me either. So it really just depends on the project. Like kind of my process would be like, um, I might come up with an initial um, storyline, for example, and I might like flesh it out and then I'll bring it to the team and be like, hey y'all, this is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think about this? And kind of open the floor to suggestions and stuff like that. But overall, it, I'm able to do both really okay. okay and Janiel, what does it look like for you when you're you know you say I I hate that you make it sound so simple I dress mannequins for a living you do fabulousness for a living girl <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I do that is because um you'd be very surprised on when I tell somebody I'm a visual merchandiser a lot of people don't know what that is they have no idea so I have to make it as Although it is not simple, I have to make it, when I'm talking about it, as simple as, as possible. possible right. So that people are like, okay, you know, when you walk into the store, you see those mannequins in the windows, there's somebody that dresses them. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> so okay, it makes sense now. But um, So where do you pull from? Up- what's, your, what's your inspiration for it when you are, uh, you know, starting from scratch and you're like, okay, this is the brand. This is who I'm working with right now. This is how I'm going to be pulling my work out. Um, for me, because I work with various brands, um, I need to know um, their aesthetic, first off. Um, I do a lot of research on the brands that I work with. And then also a lot of research on the customer that is coming in. So getting a feeling for that. Um, there's times where, I mean, not right now, because I mean, we're in a pandemic, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's times where I've gone downtown and just literally sat and just people watch. Mm-hmm. Like I watch people a lot mm-hmm. and I'll have on my shades. That helps me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I have on my shades. I don't want people to think that I'm like staring at them. Right, <laughs> but right. I Dakas and just sit down and literally watch people's mannerisms, how they act when they have on a certain outfit, what they feel, and so on. When they walk into a store and that feeling that they feel when they have their bags in their hands and so on. Like fashion and just clothing and style, it's like it's a feeling. Right. So that's what um, inspires me. Whenever I dress any of my mannequins, I literally look at the mannequin, I look at the clothes, and I'm like, how do I make this mannequin come to life? Because they're just there. They're just posing. Sometimes these mannequins don't, a lot of them don't have facial expressions. A lot of them don't have movements. Mm -hmm. Like they don't 
like they're, they're not animated. So I have to figure out what I can do, whether it's like pulling up their sleeves or popping their collar or just adding that little style to them. Because my whole thing is to make the customer pass, look at the mannequin, almost take a double take and then come into the store and buy that outfit. That's, that's when I know my job is done. Okay. And because both of you are in a creative space where that's what you do for a living, you create and create, how did you two meet and how did you guys both decide that you're going to, you know, join forces together and create a space and a platform for other, you know, other black women and men to be able to speak on your platform? So just how did you guys meet and what's happening with, with uh, the platform that you've created? Well... Janelle may not admit this, but she <laughs> chopped in college, okay? Yes, yes. I, we met in Seneca. I was working in the fashion office. Yes. Um, and she literally walked in one day and was <laughs> like, you're cool. I like your style. We should be friends. <laughs> yes, Janelle. I, t- I completely right? see Janelle doing that, though. I do. Right? And then, like, from there, I was like, okay. And then, like, literally within, like, weeks or yeah. something like that, we had we pretty much had our first, like, styling gig yeah. together. Nice. And then that birthed you know, um, our first um, business endeavor together, which, um, which was our styling company. And, um, and that was so long ago, wasn't that like 2004? Four, yeah, wow. 2004. yeah, mm-hmm. so it's been a minute, and then, um, yeah, so we start together. Um, it's been done, Silas was the name of our, of our duo at that time, and you know, we were doing music videos and artists and that sort of thing, and um, and then, yeah, like as the years went by, we kind of like ventured off into our own sort of endeavor so that's when I got more serious about my acting um when Janelle moved to New York um to do the BT internship I was also in New York going to um a a um an acting school at that time and then now for our platform that we have together now after years and years probably over 10 years of like dormant activity between us or whatever professionally mm-hmm. um just like hmm like what can we do that is like you know Janelle and Sharona 2.0 so to speak like where are we at in life right now um what do we have to say and I think what we discovered is that we're going through life and we're figuring out you know our own individual lives and our journeys and our careers and we have a lot to say we've experienced some things good and bad and we just have things to say so we're just like where can we talk our shit oh yeah. let's make a podcast right and that became you know it became this this very freeing experience for us and we've been able to like give voice to a lot of um thoughts and and ideas and insecurities and fears and celebrations that that our peers have as well you know so that's the feedback that we've gotten so far and um yeah it's been great for us because really our pod is is just like an outlet for us you know we're just doing life 
figuring it out daily, weekly, and we're just like, how do we feel? Mm -hmm. And that's really what that is now. I think during the pandemic, I think a lot of people, well, creatives anyway, have been trying to figure out how they can extend, I guess, extend their hand in art and extend their voice. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's like, I feel um, things with involving podcasts and just digital media and digital content are the most important thing because it reaches everybody so fast. And it's, yeah. it's the best way to give now that we're going through, you know, what is the first time in I'm sure our lives is uh, a civil rights movement, giving us an, yeah. an opportunity to be able to speak on it freely on our own platforms without anybody shutting us down. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a super, super important thing. And as I've listened to a few of your episodes, I know that you guys really take heed in what and how important the black man's voice is, how important the black woman's voice is, and how to yeah. just kind of navigate your talents to kind of amalgamate together. So I see that, you know, you guys are able to be open. You guys are creatives as well. So can you speak about just using your multiple talents to be able to uh, create a platform? How does it, how does it look for you to be able to use, you know, one skill, uh, pushing it into the other and create birthing something? I'm sure I'll start. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting because I feel like, you know, Janelle has a background in um, like public speaking and and that sort of thing and and speaking to groups and mentorship and all that kind of stuff. And then I have a background in writing. So in a way, and, you know, uh, producing plays and that sort of stuff. So in a way, we have this storytelling ability or this ability to um just convey message really mm-hmm. and um those things that we've acquired on our own in terms of a skill set um really gave birth to this podcast um i always refer to our podcast as like you know an open diary i have previously and still consider myself to be pretty like private and that sort of thing, especially on, you know, Instagram and social medias and that sort of thing. Whereas like the podcast was almost like that, that platform where I could really be unfiltered, like both mm-hmm. of us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and express the, the feelings and the thoughts and the concerns um, that we would have in private conversations, you know, like you said, without, somebody putting you know a filter on us or shutting us down or or that sort of thing so like when I think about just my regular daily uh you know work or or being a creative for for us the podcast just like combines all of that because we decided that you know we didn't want to be although we may touch on or reference you know uh pop culture topics or something like that like what's going on in the world or in media it those things we 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 express those things through our lens you know what i mean like how is how is it affecting us as artists right and so the best way to describe like our pod is, is and just kind of how our talents came together for it is really just it's like the melting pot of our everyday lives 
you know, professionally, romantically, privately, all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, it was just like, what can we, how can we have organic conversations that are really saying things and, and, you know, because something like social media and Instagram, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't get to, people won't really know who you are based on those platforms. If right. they, they know what you show them, you know, the pictures, the videos, that sort of thing that you curate. But with the pod, it's like, it's, we can just, we can just really like be just more be free. yourself and be out there, right? Yeah, ourselves and, and our backgrounds and our careers are are displayed on that as well because we talk about our ups and downs and the trials that come with us figuring out our our career lives as well yeah and you know it's like I've been listening to podcasts for about five six years now and um, the one thing I loved about I listened to an array of them from pop culture to just um people expressing their experiences their truths and so on and um, I just love the transparency mm-hmm. with a lot of these podcasts and when Sharona and I decided to do a podcast um, I mean right now there's a lot of different podcasts that are happening in Toronto which is great but at the time when we were starting to do it we noticed that there wasn't there wasn't a lot of podcasters coming from this city right and we want to almost capitalize on that and really showcase our talents and our views on a platform like a podcast and um come almost come from like a toronto perspective i thought that i thought that was very necessary yeah a lot of the podcasts into are all american and although i can relate in some degree in terms of what they're saying, because whether it be a female's point of view, so on, um, or even a male's point of view, um, I, there was still something, there was still that disconnect. And the one thing that Sharona and I um, receive from a lot of different people that listen to our podcast is that familiarity. And um, I always say, like, our podcast is, we we basically express those opinions that a lot of people are thinking, but pretty much are afraid to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I really wanted to push that. And I think, I think that what uh, a lot of people are having difficulty with, with having a, a podcaster, I guess, essentially from Toronto. Like I, I mentioned this in a few of my episodes that like, we unfortunately are in a city where not everyone's showing love, which well, it's, it's not that way everywhere, but essentially, um, it's like when you have a project going, you have your supporters, but people are quicker to, I guess, gravitate and accept and support people in the U.S. than they would their own here. And there's superb and amazing talent here in the city, as we know. And it's like, if we can't support each other in, in this, like there's room for all of us. That's what I keep saying is room for all of us. Everybody has different talents, different views, different feels about the way things are moving and, and different opinions. So it's nothing will ever, no two will ever be alike. So it's, it's kind of like when you hear, you know, a podcast happening and then on top of that, you know, black women hosting a podcast Um, it's like you just, some people or some women think about competition immediately. So I'm not going to do it. And Mm -hmm. it kind of kills their goal 
their their goal thinking mechanism and it's it's just a harsh reality that um confident doesn't come confidence sorry doesn't come along with wanting to start something be a creative and continue your creativity because of the competition that you feel like is going to be there if you start something so i'm i'm right. just i'm very grateful for the platform that you guys created because you guys are a duo and you come from two like although it's entertainment and fashion it's a duo of like-minded voices that are able to um you know be able to include others into the conversation and be completely genuine and just open so i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping yeah, that like you. things like that are just they just grow and that's why i i wanted to start as well because i'm like yeah. where can i where can i speak without like you know people kind of cutting my voice a little short because they're they're not in agreement with what i'm saying but i'm able to do it safely from home you know so absolutely yeah. and you know just to add to your point like i always say you know no one could ever do you better than you can do you mm-hmm. you know so when we think about because we've had these conversations too about competition and you know who's more popping or you know whatever it's just like you you have to stop all of that you have to actively like stop all of that sort of thinking in your head because at the end of the day like there's room for all of us like you said and no one like i will never be able to do what you are doing how you do it and you will never be able to do what i'm doing the way that i'm doing it right you know and that's that's the reality but yeah and you know it it really doesn't help it the added layer is that we we are in a city where you know it just is it has been known for that sort of narrative of like the the crabs in a bucket and the you know let one man in at a time or whatever that is but it's just like we just have to actively like go against that yeah really try to push and support each other and because we're in we're in such a time now where you know you're we're remote and there is no competition we can all do this together if you want to put on a show i'll come and support you if you want to put on a show i'll come and support you there's nothing being taken away from that that type of culture to be able to support one another so i'm hoping that like you know, people kind of jump on the bag bandwagon to support each other because it's 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 getting a lot better. I I find now during these times, um, because people are starting yeah. to see each other's talents a lot better. It's more of a focused lens, and people are able to use this time right now to create and create some more. So, I'm very grateful for that. True. Yeah. I'm coming from a place where you know I was doing events and doing shows and doing um, just things to create. Uh, the platforms for creative specifically is there did you guys Mm -hmm. have a vision for people that uh, do come on your show to be able to um, you know kind of plug what they're doing or is it specific in conversation do you guys focus on making sure people are just able to join the conversation or promote um I feel like it was more or anybody that we have come on it's more of conversation um, because there are podcasts out there that um, that's that's about the promoting. And I mean, at the end of the day, the promoting will be there regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, introduce our guests, um, let them they express or say what they do and so on. But we want them to be a part of our conversation. As you listen to our podcast, you see that it's, or you hear that it's not like 
it doesn't really seem rehearsed. A lot of the times it's just us just talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of the flow that we would like our guests to have as well too. Now keep in mind there was, there will be times where maybe we'll have a guest like we've did in the past when we interviewed um, Omar Dorsey from Queen Sugar. Um, that was kind of more of an interview style, but at the same time, it was very conversational. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, so what do you do this? And so on and so on. Like there wasn't a, really a structure. It still seemed like, oh yeah, this is the friend, this is the homie. We wanted to really maintain that authenticity. Oh, I was just gonna say like, for us, um, even just within our platform, um, it is always important for us to highlight, just in our regular conversations, um, it's important for us to highlight people who are, you know, doing positive things or people that we work with that we enjoy, like particularly in our community, um, especially in a time like now, but it's something that we've always mm -hmm. um, put value towards. So if, if Janelle had an experience with, you know, uh, a brand or a client or something, or if I had an experience, um, it's, it's always important for us to to make mention of that on our platform. And, and I know, um, just, you know, from personal experience, you know, sometimes you feel like your platform is not big enough, um, mm -hmm. or like it's not necessarily making an impact because you don't have that many followers or that sort of thing. But again, it's like, if, if it's just one person that gets mm -hmm. some sort of insight, you, we do this thing where, you know, um, we kind of give like tips and life hacks at the end of each episode. And it's just daily things. It could be your most basic thing to a super complex thing as it relates to our career. But if one person gets something from us, it's like that, that was the goal, Yep. you know, right. um, and always just kind of providing that feeling like Janelle said of, of community and like conversation, just casual conversation. Um, so that's something we we always try to emphasize. Yeah, what I was um, what I was thinking when I was trying to make sure that I was focusing on whether or not people would be promoting or if it's conversational. I didn't I didn't feel like um, I guess locking it into one or the other was the thing to do because that would make you like I think move away from the creative part of it or the genuine conversation, as you guys say. Like you know, you just. Right. You, you come on the show, you know, wanting to make sure that you got the opinion of whomever, whether it's somebody big, um, you know, everybody knows them, or it's just a friend that you're, you're speaking to. Um, the goal is to get the message out there as well as um, being able to have something that everybody, everybody can use at the end of the day, like your life hacks, right? So yeah, for sure hoping that, that when people do actually ask, you know, how do I start a podcast? Is that something that you guys like jump right into and like, sure, here's some advice. Or do you guys kind of, this is, this is what worked for me. Um, this is what you can do. Step one, but I, I can't help you from there. <laughs> like, how do you guys approach it when people 
maybe try to talk because I know it happens to me a lot and I try not to be rude about it because my way may not be everybody's way. My setup is not going to be everybody's setup. So if I walk right. you through yeah. how to do this podcasting thing, um, it's not it may not work for you. And then it's bad advice on your end, right? So how do you guys approach that when people are asking? Well, especially now, I mean, a lot of people are on the podcast wave. So I've been getting a lot of, um, a lot of friends of mine um, tell me that, yeah, you know, I'm starting a podcast. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. They're like, okay, so like the number one question people ask me is like, do I have an engineer? And I'm like, uh, pardon? <laughs> like, kinda is they're less like who i'm just like uh so my podcast partner is the one that edits everything and they're like Sharona. <laughs> yeah nice. so like yeah so i mean there is that option to get an engineer but you got to pay for that person right. and like that there's there's like yeah so for there's, me there's too many layers layers so many layers so for me i mean i just give them the most simplest answer i'm just like okay this is this is the uh, platform we use it's the easiest platform because i'm all i'm all about sharing information like i don't mind because at the end of the day like i said there's room for everybody and you're not going to try to steal my shine i'm not trying to steal yours what's what's for you will be for you Mm -hmm. so i give them the platform um and from there they work with it and um even for us like i had to do we did research on it like this wasn't like a, oh yeah we're gonna start a podcast let's get a mic let's right. get this no was, this was like a year a year or so in the making like we came up with ideas and so on and we're still listening to um, platforms like other podcasts to um, just get some ideas from and even learn from. We mm-hmm. speak to different people and get peace. So it's um it's a trial and error type of thing. There yeah. is no like r- like a right specific way on how mm-hmm. to do it. And there's many platforms too. So yeah, yeah. Like for me too, I would get questions about you know audio or editing and that sort of thing and i'm totally like diy queen up in here so it's just like anything i need to figure out i go to youtube university for the most yes and like figure it out you know but i that's fun for me you know just that discovery and the whole like editing thing kind of goes hand in hand with me as an actor and producing my own work and that sort of stuff so you know it's just a skill that i'm wanting to develop but one thing that i do say to people who ask about podcasts or show interest in it i say like really figure out like what you want to talk about in Mm -hmm. terms of like what is your message what is your story like what is your theme like are you are you a scripted pod are you a pop culture pod are you just going to tell us how you felt today because it's monday like anything is fine but you have to like know that because my biggest thing is like 
and Janelle and I have, you know, are still in the process of figuring this out for our own platforms and balancing life and schedules and that sort of thing. And just the consistency mm-hmm. of this, you know, because although, you know, even though it is a platform that you can just be free and open and, and just, you know, speak your mind and all those wonderful things, there is potential in this as a real business you know and so with any business you know you gotta you kind of have to have your plan and and have to um um make sure that you can be consistent and once your your listeners and supporters get used to something from you 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 can't just go ghost or you got to communicate like hey i'm taking a break you know what i mean like those sort of things so yeah, that's pretty much like the conversations that we've had in regards to this whole podcast world. But like Janelle said, we're still figuring things out for ourselves as well. Yeah. And I know that the first time around when I had my podcast, I was telling my listeners about all of the crazy mistakes that I made. Like, for example, uh, recording a show on a Thursday and wanting it to air on the Tuesday. No. (laughs) No. I was like two weeks out, uh, like, probably about two weeks of saying, yes, I want to start this. This is my first episode. I had no artwork yet. I had nothing going and I had to plan this Mm -hmm. over like five days. It was absolutely insane. And then that was my first Mm -hmm. episode. Then realized as time was going, I'm recording an episode and I have to come up with content, come up with content, come up with content. And as you're, you're, you know, as you were just alluding to the organization is important and that's what kind of advice I'm trying to give to folks now instead of them me telling them this is how I do it um organize yourself and make sure that there's content available and if you do have your plan make sure that the plan can you know withstand a break if that's what you need to if that's what you need for yourself because sometimes we do need a mental health break and if you have enough content to be able to put across time so it doesn't look like there's a gap in your content creation then that's a step that you want to take. So keeping those things in mind is super important. And, and it's great that you have a partner because <laughs> I'm like, God knows sometimes how I'm doing this, <laughs> but I, I guess it's because I want to, I want to so bad. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's a, and it's fun for me as you, as you say, you know, you, uh, YouTube university is life for me. And I'm so excited that my daughter's at an age now that she loves content creation digital media and all these things and we share that Mm -hmm. stuff together so we'll watch how to's on youtube this is what we want to do mom how do i shoot this let's find angles and watch a youtube video like it's great to have someone to share those things with but also be able to have the ambition to just push and say this is what i want to do and push for a platform for for you to be able to speak your mind on and yeah consistent I think the keyword's consistency here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So feeling feeling that in the in the mood of consistency with all of the, you know, you have your your creative endeavors going on. You guys have your podcast going. What does it look like for, you know, are you guys already making plans for post-pandemic in what you might want to be creating or doing? Is there anything that you guys have that you're, you know, kind of sitting and thinking about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, let me tell you, okay, so being, you know, working in film and television, I consider that to be my day job. It's it's not a nine to five. It's more like a 
12 hour day job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, the film industry, obviously, you know, has completely shut down, you know, as of COVID, it was one of the first industries to be shut down. We're highly dependent on, you know, having hundreds of people on set at a time, Americans coming over here, all that kind of stuff. So I've really had months of true downtime. Mm-hmm. And, but again, as an only child and somebody who lives by a to-do list that is forever growing, I was like, all right, this is my time to knock things down and all the kind of stuff. So, um, through this time for me personally, like I've really dug deeper into my creative bag and, and have really just assessed my life, you know, in terms of creating real space and opportunity for myself. Um, and what that looks like now and post COVID. So to answer your question, yes, there's, multiple projects that I have underway that will most likely that, you know, they're in conception now and the birth of them are planned for, um, you know, more like into the new year, that sort of thing when we kind of have a better gauge of what's on in the world. But um, definitely with this time, like I've written probably two scripts now I'm working on a third one. And so that's been a blessing, you know, so it's, it's like, okay, at the end of the day, like this is material that I know um, I can shop later on. I can produce myself with my team. Um, but this is stuff that I need to be doing for myself. Um, so that's, that's what I've been doing um, with my time and, and in terms of making plans post COVID. Um, for me, during this time, um, the word that keeps coming in my head is pivot. Like I had to pivot a lot with, um, my merchandising career, even workshops and so on. Um, I was really highly dependent on fashion, styling, um, clothing stores, doing merchandising. And, um, in March when everything shut down, I had to really look at other other types of merchandising, not just not necessarily clothing. That's when I learned a little bit more about cosmetic merchandising or even kitchen merchandising. Um, even before COVID, I got into flower merchandising. Something these these opportunities I didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to pretty much pivot my whole way of thinking what merchandising was and how merchandising pretty much is. Um, So um, during this pandemic, I've been even more busy (laughs) than I was (laughs) before COVID, which is wild. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I find now um, really, really utilizing Instagram a lot more and I'm um, just being very conscious of what I'm putting out there. I think that that's another thing um, that I'm working on right now and branding myself now and even um, after COVID, especially now with everything going on with BLM and um, just me being in an industry where it's, <laughs> 
it, it has its challenges being a black woman or mm -hmm. just a black person overall and just really making sure that I align myself with companies or even projects that are not, not just jumping on the bandwagon because it's the quote unquote right thing to do. It's something I'm really researching them now and looking at how they were before all of this right. and what are they trying to do um, in the future. So I know that's it's very, much it's a very smart way to, to approach things now. And I think I'm doing the same. Anybody who I'm wanting to work with or, you know, I, I work in the legal industry as well. And before I step into, you know, a firm, um, just a corporation, whatever the case is, I, I've been doing the same thing, researching what was their stance yeah. for this and what do, you know, clients say, uh, people of color, how do they uh, feel about the treatment that they've gotten and things like that. So I totally commend you on that because it's a serious thing now that we really yeah. look into as black women and as black people, we, what we're stepping into because we now are able to, to really fight this fight collectively and want to stand on our own two feet about it. So I totally commend you for doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it's not something that's going to happen like overnight. Like Absolutely. I understand right. like a lot of these companies, like I said, I work in fashion, luxury, luxury fashion. So majority of these companies are all racist. Like we know that we see it, they do something crazy. Then they come up with the apology. This is something that they've done for years. And I've worked for these brands. I've worked mm -hmm. for these companies, but now it's kind of like, I am more, am I more hypersensitive with it? So, um, I'm kind of looking at them away. So just making sure like, okay, you fucked up before <laughs> and so on. What are you doing now? Right. That's what's going to help not just myself, but also make space for other black people or other just um, people of color. And I think we've been like now more than ever. Um, I was saying to Janelle earlier, just even with this whole COVID experience and everything with BLM and just everything that's happening, like I, I feel like we as a people are now more empowered to um, actually call things out. And that, mm -hmm. is, that is how change is happening, you know, and, and our mm -hmm. generations before us didn't have that luxury, you know, out of fear of losing their jobs and that sort of thing. Like now when I am creating with my team, you know, in film, it's like years ago I was okay and satisfied with you know my my goal as an artist being you know an actress in somebody's production an actress on somebody's film set but now my ambition is I want to create the film set you know what I mean I want to govern who is who is also behind the cameras and not just who's in front of them and now I feel like this time has really shown like the importance and the emphasis on like be not being scared to speak up for yourself and and know that we actually have the power to um to create the environment that we want to be in you know and like Janelle said it's not going to happen overnight on a large scale but taking ownership for ourselves like individually daily in our everyday lives our everyday decisions like that's the first step you know mm -hmm.
Absolutely. And I think that this is a great segue into the the open up question. And thank you for sharing your personal journey with me, ladies. That was definitely dope and insightful. I, I wanted to um, uh, jump into the open up portion of the show. And the open up portion is the audience submitted question on a hot topic. So because of what's happening right now in you know our civil rights movement that we're going through, uh, audience wanted to ask uh, both of you, what does it feel like as a black woman in such a trying industry for both of you in entertainment and fashion? What do, how does it feel as a black woman to stand on your own two feet and make your presence? Um, it is empowering and scary at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to keep it a hundred because we know that it's something I'll speak for myself again, as an actress, as somebody who, you know, is wanting to, you know, we hear, we hear the deep rooted, um, racism and that sort of thing that is in Hollywood, for example, you know, my union is, you know, the, the black members of my union right now are speaking up are in outrage of, you know, hey, union, you know, we're, we've been here, you know, you guys are vocal on every other uh, topic, you know, um, why are you so quiet or are sitting back on this um, Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. sort of topic. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, and again, I have this conversation almost daily, like people who I look up to in my industry, like people like a, a Tyler Perry or a Regina King, and like these kind of people who are, who understand the importance of ownership mm -hmm. in, you know, in any sort of arena, you know, having your own so that you can essentially hire yourself. And as a black woman, as an actress and producer in this city, it's like knowing the importance and like what's at stake, it, it's like, it has just become so much more of a priority to me to make sure that I can put myself in position to hire other people who look like me and who do the things that I do. We, you know, I've been in conversation over the past few weeks of, you know, I've had white women on my phone, like crying and being like, how come I have never heard about your company? You know, I want to give you access. I feel so bad. You know, why, why, why are no, you know, production companies in Toronto, why are they not hiring black people? Why do we not know about you? All these types of things. And it's just like, man, like you start to understand, like, even though it feels scary and we're kind of walking into rooms blinded a lot of times, mm -hmm. just it's like, we still have to go. We still have to mm -hmm. like take those faith steps on water and because we're doing it on somebody else's behalf, you know, on the generations to come on, on our peers that have not felt empowered to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of mantle and having that on your life and knowing that that's kind of like, um, the position that you are in at this time, it, it's, it's scary, but it's like, I really have no choice. Yeah. So that's where the empowering part comes in. It's like, 
it's, it's that serious of like, you know, if I don't hire myself, I might not be hired, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a both, both of those emotions in, in all honesty. Um, for me, I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's, um, it's, it's scary and also empowering. Um, every, every sentiment Shrona spoke about in, um, in her industry, it's the same thing I deal with mine in fashion. It's the exact same thing, um, working with certain retailers and just speaking up now. Um, I mean, I've kind of let a lot of things slide in the past, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have, because we don't want to we don't want to cause trouble or we don't want to be looked a certain way or we don't want to get like fired and so on. Like there's so many, there's, we think about all of these things that could happen, but um, yeah, I think over the last few weeks, I've just been very vocal about my experiences in this industry and um, been really scared speaking about it um, on a platform like, not just Instagram, but also on LinkedIn, which is very professional and Mm -hmm. where a lot of people like these topics shouldn't really be spoken about. Like I've had conversations with white men on there where we go toe to toe (laughs) and he like, it's, it's wild. Like for, and I, I've said this to a few people, Doug Ford made this comment about there not being as much racism as there is in the States there. Um, and we don't have racism in Canada and so on. Well, he needs yeah. to go on LinkedIn because the amount of white women and white men that are on there that go toe to toe with black people on there and pour their hearts out. And the, and you can see where these people are, are coming from. Like you can see they're from Toronto, you see the companies they work for, you mm-hmm. see the positions that they are, and they spare no words. And what they say is racist. But like I said, um, this movement isn't necessarily a, um, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's something that we're going to continue to keep doing and to keep fighting. And um, change is not going to happen overnight. It's happening now, it's slowly happening, and we just gotta keep pushing and keep keep going out there. Oh, absolutely, and I'm, I'm finding that the more that you speak about it, which is a great thing, the more that we speak about it as Black women um, and as Black people as a whole, things will happen and as i'm seeing things are happening slowly and you know what's funny is you know you say shona you were saying that there was like you know you spoken with a white woman that was like basically crying how can i give you this opportunity i've mm-hmm. i've had a few experiences over the past weeks since this has happened as well with sasha how can i how can i help what can i do what can like it's I don't like sometimes that it's coming from a place of they feel guilty as opposed to they want to, you know, assist the movement. So I I find myself assessing it within a couple of minutes if this is the intention. So it's like, as Janine was saying, you know, it is a marathon and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's, it's just really letting us see who stands where right now. It's tough. Um, It's definitely tough to see because we, a lot of a lot of the people that we do see at a stance 
we had no idea that they felt that the way that they do about black people. And mm-hmm. this is bringing out a lot <laughs> and there, there's a lot of ignorance there. So I definitely, it's, it's definitely going to be a stressful situation time, especially when, you know, black people are going back into the workplace now and, you know, going back to the regular, uh, the regular routine. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I feel going to be a different temperature in the workplace and different, it's, it's going to be uh, weird and hopefully, you know, people are able to make a smooth transition, but this conversation has to keep being had uh, for us to be able to adjust and for us to be able to come to a conclusion where we're able to be in a space where we can comfortably have the conversation. There's certain conversations that are never going to be comfortable around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, white folks or people that are outside of the black community. Um, mm-hmm it'll be uncomfortable, but it's a conversation that needs to be forced sometimes as well as being yeah. had. So I commend you ladies and I feel, to keep going with that. And I Thank feel you. like it's just been weird overall, not even just in the workforce, but I, I mean, ever since this movement has happened, I've mm-hmm. been walking on the street and you can kind of sense, like I live in a predominantly Asian or even Caucasian area. And when I step outside, it's like, see the white people like almost like okay should i say something yeah should i say hello oh, like, i'm feeling that too that's so true that's so true feel the energy like they feel they like feel yeah, yeah they don't know how to approach so they're like i'm seeing them some of them being extra friendly mm-hmm, <laughs> or mm-hmm. some of them they're like mm, should i say hello me if i say hello then they're gonna feel like i'm trying to force it so this is not even just the workplace type of thing. Every, this is it's just, just outdoors. It's yeah. just outdoors. It's being outside. We're in Canada, which is very multicultural. So mm-hmm. yeah, experience nonetheless. Yeah, and, and it's a very diverse area. So yes, we are going to yeah. do that. Even just to add to that quickly, like even amongst black people mm-hmm. you know we have in the past. I know Sasha, you mentioned this earlier in regards to. Um, black women at times, you know, forever, you know, it's high school days, whatever. It's always this sort of like, it's always been this sort of like, mm, you see a girl, you kind of assess if you're going to say hi or not, or if you're going to acknowledge just this sort of immature, petty thing that has just been a part of like black culture since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And you have to actively work against that, right? But I feel like since this, it's like, there's been this sort of like newfound, unspoken sort of like unity. And it's a shame that like the, the roughest of times have to happen in order for this to, to happen. But it's like now when I know in my experience, when I, you know, walk past black people or see a family, it's like we make it a point to acknowledge each other. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, it's almost like I see you, you see me like we're we're in this together you know what good like it's mm-hmm. one of those and and yeah. i i have also you know been a person to you know not make eye contact as i'm walking as i'm in my day just doing my thing i'm just kind of in my own zone but now it's like my eyes are open in a new way and i'm making sure to smile and acknowledge and say good morning and all these things like just in my everyday life because this is what we need and this goes back to like us as individuals doing our own part and and you know even if it comes off of your timelines and you know off of your feeds and that sort of thing that it's something that 
um, you're still actively um, engaging in right. to truly see like long-term change, you know? Well, it's up to us to, to, we don't necessarily have to be posting and posting and posting about what's happening right. uh, necessarily. We have to make sure we're bringing that action to our lives and bringing that education to the, you know, people who are of not, who are not of black descent about what is happening. If, if they ask, it's not us, up to us to teach them, but it is up to us to be able to bring, to open the conversation. If they want to have the conversation, I, I'm always saying right now to have the conversation with them. Cause if we come off as, I don't want to talk to you about it, I shouldn't have to talk to you about it and so on and so on. Um, it's just going to kind of make them revert back into their regular old behavior because there there's that stigma of us as black women we're unapproachable and black men some black men are 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 not approachable because they're they're angry we're all just angry people angry horrible it's Mm -hmm. a horrible way to look at a race but and a culture Mm -hmm. but it's it it unfortunately is the reality of things so hopefully we're we're all able to just as much as we're being we're open up to our black community to be able to have the conversation amongst ourselves, we do need to be open to having the conversation with people outside of our races to bring that education to them because they seriously are ignorant. Lots of them are ignorant about what is really happening and what they've done wrong. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's just important that we, I guess, keep the conversation going and yep. have platforms like this, as well as yours are places to do that. And absolutely. You know, if, if, you know, for you listeners, if you, if you want to reach out and, you know, you ha- want to have the conversation, I am here to do that because it's really important to me to be able to talk about these things because it's, it's an ever, ever growing situation. So absolutely. But yes, thank you so much, ladies, for that answer. I really appreciate it. And just, just before we close, um, we have a, we have a portion in the show that's called listen up. So what I do is I ask each of my guests uh, to choose a song that best describes your vibe or energy right now in your life or career. So for you ladies, do you guys have a song that's either a hype song, a mellow song that gets you guys in your zone or puts you where you need to be? Yes, I do. And I want to make sure that it's, um, what do you call it? It's, it's um, Sounds of Blackness, um, Optimistic. Mm-hmm. That has always been my, one of my favorite songs. Um, the verse, the verses um, speak, have always spoken. Um, a lot to me, especially now. Um, and even at my lowest points years ago, it was something that I've constantly listened to. I think that song came out in like the late, sorry, the early, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just very powerful. It's even just Sounds of Blackness, their whole album, it just, it has like this feel good type of vibe to it. So yeah. Optimistic sounds of blackness would be my song. Dope. Um, for me, um, my mood changes by the hour. Um, <laughs> so, I, um, 
lots of songs that you know I relate to on a daily, but some someone and you know that I've always been a fan of who came out with new music recently is my good sis in my head, Tiana Taylor. Yes. And, uh, you know, I just love her, love what she represents. She represents the same things that we've been talking about as being a female creative woman, black woman who is making her own waves, doing things on her accord. And I'm just here for all of it. And on her latest album, she has a song called Made It. And um, the video was she she kind of did the video in, a, in as a congratulations to the graduates that made it this year and that sort of thing. That was the theme of the video. But when I listen to that song, when I hear that song, it is empowering to me. It lifts my spirit. It you know, I'm all about um, I'm all about like foresight and foreshadowing and and next steps and walks of faith and 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 kind of planting seeds and and I'm all about that sort of thing so it's like eat, despite what is happening currently in my in my present day I'm still going to operate with the energy of making it you know so when I hear that song it gives me that vibe like yo despite everything you made it sis like you working with some ass you bad you you're making <laughs> No, it just puts me in that vibe. So that song right now is on repeat for me daily. <laughs> that whole album, I was just telling my sister today that that, that album, honestly, I don't, I, I'm not a large fan of newer music, although there's amazing, wow. amazing new, new music. 90s is yeah. in my heart and I, I can't, like, it's like nothing... <laughs> Nothing can replicate it. Like I, I love my fifties and sixties all because my mom grew me up on that. But nineties all the way. Mm-hmm. I, and Tiana Taylor has yeah. literally created a nineties vibe throughout the entire album. And the yeah. people that she's allowed to, you know, grace grace the album as well have given even better just umph to the to the whole thing so it's yeah. it's it's really yeah. that is really a dope album and definitely something that you all need to listen to um absolutely and i'll make sure i put the links in the episode description for you guys to be able to listen to both of the songs mentioned by both janelle and, and shronos for you guys to check it out so i i think uh i, I think it's it's just been a dope dope uh, session period for us to be able to just chop it up yeah. and just have the conversation i'm so appreciative of both of you um okay. no problem it's my pleasure you guys are dope females and i love i love being able to just be in a space with you guys it's it's wonderful Mm-hmm. So just to just to close out, guys, what what are you working on now that we can either look forward to, and how do we find you? I mean, well, you can find me on my Instagram, Janielle McCoy. That's J A N I E L L E McCoy, M C K O Y. Um, pretty much everything is on there <laughs> in terms of what I've worked on. But yeah, I mean, I do my merchandising stuff. Um, still trying to push the brands. I mean. I'll be on City Line. Um, hey, looking forward to that. Yes, I'm absolutely excited. Yes. yes. I'm super excited for this this new opportunity and this journey. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to open the doors for other opportunities, which is great. And um, obviously, we have the podcast, which is behind the stage. 
That's behind the T-H-A stage. <laughs> um, then you can follow us on Instagram on there. And yeah, we that's where we talk our, our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Sharona, your Sharona on Instagram for me, um, in terms of what I'm working on, again, I'm, I'm writing scripts and that sort of thing. So in terms of, um, I will actually be going into production next month. Um, so there will be some stuff in development that will be able to be shown, um, shortly within the next few months. Um, and yeah, just, you know, Building, building on the low low and, and the rollouts will happen um, between now and the end of the year. So just stay close. It's open. I want to thank you guys again so much for stopping by us at radio and contributing to the topics that move us. Super appreciative of your presence. And there you have it. That was a dope episode. I'm so, so amazed at all of the awesomeness that came into that episode because, uh, you know, Janelle and Sharona, you guys are so amazing. And I really appreciate the both of you and what you do for this city and trying to, you know, change the narratives in what black women success in success look like and uh, business, business, business. That's what it's all about. And you guys are definitely doing your thing. And I want to congratulate all of you or both of you on the many successes that are happening for you now and the many that are ahead in your career. I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at SDAT Radio Podcast and join our Facebook group for the latest updates on episodes and guests and their contact information. If you have a question, you can submit comments under the episode on the podcast platform that you're listening to. You also have the option to leave us a digital voice message through our anchor platform. All followable links and clickable content are provided in our episode description. And if you like the content that you're hearing, support our podcast by clicking the link in our description to support our show by providing a small donation to keep us going. Thank you for rocking with us and tune in next week and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace. Star Radio.